my apartment manager knocks on the door and he goes, uh, you need to watch out. And I was like, what? And he goes, I just told some dude to leave. He was walking up your stairs after you with duct tape and tools like to pick a lock. And he told me the description of what he looks like. Then I start seeing this description dude everywhere. Hey, brave one. Welcome to another episode of the Women Aware and Prepared podcast. I'm your host, Mandy Pratt, a trained domestic violence victim advocate who teaches women and vulnerable populations how to be street smart. You'll hear some true crime stories, but most importantly, how we might prevent crimes happening to us. Return each week to learn safety tips and emotional self-defense so we live empowered with peace. Let's be less naive and leave helplessness and worry behind so we can be safer, savvy, aware, and prepared. Okay, welcome back. So today we have my friend Andrea, who has been on the podcast before. She came on and helped us understand about human trafficking in episode three. And so Andrea is back with us today. She is a musician and also helps me sometimes produce this podcast. And she shares with us her harrowing story of being stalked back in her 20s. So today we are talking about stalking. And there isn't a lot of triggering info in here, but just sharing Andrea's story. And she had questions for me. You know, what would you say to former me? So we're going to dive into that. So here we go. I had a stalker situation one time, and I wanted to run it by you. This was over 10 years ago. I lived in Pasadena and I was in my early to mid 20s. Now, I'm now in my late 30s, and I know a lot more about protecting myself and being street smart. But at the time, I was just a recently graduated young lady in a big city who had no idea someone was following her around. So here's the story. And then my question that I'm leading up to is, what would you tell younger version of me to do? So... I moved into this cute little apartment with one other roommate right after I graduated from APU. And I would walk everywhere because it was really close by. Target was close. The gym I was working out at was really close. So I would either bike or walk. And plus, then I wouldn't lose my parking spot on the street, right? So a lot of times when I was walking, I would be learning music on my headphones or just listening to my phone up to my ear. So a lot of times I was walking pretty absentmindedly, not really looking around too much. And I would go to the gym at the same time every day. Well, pretty much. I would practice singing with my windows open when I was home and basically just, you know, I'm an an open person. I'm not a very private, secretive person. So I was just living my life out loud, pretty much. (laughs) I had a lot of gigs. So that means I got home late at night with a lot of gear and I would roll my keyboard case up to my second floor. I'd come back from my guitar. It would be a whole process. A lot of times I was alone. And of course I lived with another girl and a lot of times she was gone. So basically it took me forever to realize, actually what started happening first was I just felt creeped out and scared and I did not know why. So my gut slash my spirit, something was telling me before I had the cognitive data but I just felt like someone was kind of watching me sometimes, or I felt like I should go inside. Like if I was doing my laundry, I'd be like creeped out 
And I'm like, I want to go in my, I want to go back to my apartment. And I'd like do my laundry really fast, but I don't know why. And so I started journaling about it and I kind of prayed. I was like, God, show me what's, if anything's going on, you know? Anyway, then my apartment manager knocks on my door one day and he's this big old dude, big old scary dude that lived like catty corner below me. He runs up, he knocks on the door and he goes, I open the door and I'm like, oh, hi, Artie. And he's like, uh, you need to watch out. And I was like, what? And he goes, I just told some dude to leave. He was walking up your stairs after you with duct tape and tools like to pick a lock. And he told me the description of what he looks like. Then I start seeing this description dude everywhere. Wow. Riding a bike behind me as I'm walking to the gym, etc. I looked him in the face a few times and he would like, you know, turn. And then I decided I should probably move. So I started planning to move after a tour. Well, I had one gig in Pasadena the night before the tour and the person touring with me, another artist, was going to sleep at my house and then we were going to go on tour the next day. So we get home from our gig. I tell her about this person because we're parking on the street at night. I say, hey, let's get inside quick. Let's grab our guitars. This guy's been following me. She's like, okay, well, no sooner do we park on the street after I say that, that no joke, a white van pulls up beside my car and some dude parks in the middle of the road, just stops and looks at me. And it's not the guy, but then I see the guy on a bike right beside the van drive, uh, I mean, ride his bike past us and point to us. And so I'm like, these two guys, oh my God. So I hit um, the, I hit the alarm on my car and I run inside and I tell her, run, run, run. She has her suitcase. She's like trying to run. We run inside. And of course we call the cops and they drive off. The cops took like an hour and a half, even though they were literally, the police station was, we lived off Walnut. Like it was right there. And then they send one guy out who's 18 and just tells us to walk with our keys in our fists, you know, he goes home. It's like 2 a.m. at this point and we go to bed. So anyway, we go on tour. I get back and I decide that I'm never going to be at that apartment by myself again. And my male friends helped me move out. And that was kind of the end of that stalker situation, thankfully. So what are your thoughts? What is your feedback? What would you tell the former me? Well, first of all, I'm super sorry that that happened to you. And that got very elevated to the point of where it seemed like, you know, it was going to be an abduction. So first of all, you only know what you know when you know it. So you can't beat yourself up, right? And good job on calling the police. A lot of times that's the response you might get. That doesn't matter. Like still listen to your intuition, And you had mentioned journaling and feeling like something wasn't right. So I always tell people, yes, you know, we've heard, how many times have we heard, listen to your intuition, listen to your, yeah, 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 we know that. But then what? So it's listen to your intuition and act on it, right? So it's stop and pay attention. And I would recommend, you know, there's always a fine line between when do you (laughs) confront somebody and when do you try to keep the peace? I have to say, if it was me, I would be super pissed and I would just turn around and be like, get the away from me. This is enough. That's what I would do now. Younger me, I wouldn't have known like to do that. Some people might say, will that escalate things? I don't know. Maybe. 
but I would have a self-defense tool on me so I could protect myself. I would have pepper spray. I, so I liked, I'm not going to say exactly what I carry just for my own protection, but I carry a few different things. So that way it's like something for far away defense, something for up close defense. And that way I feel like I'm covered and that's probably what I would have done. Like I would have confronted because I would have just been so mad. And I have a right to live at this apartment in peace. So get out of my face. That's what I would have done. And then you mentioned having some guys come help you move. That's great. But I, I, it just makes me mad. Like I, ugh, like, um, I would have loved to come and help you. Oh, <laughs> you're sweet. <laughs> But yeah, and I feel like a lot of times, unfortunately, that younger us, right, I would have done the same thing. We don't know that stuff. And that's why I'm so passionate about reaching our younger generation, because as women, we're taught to grow up and be nice and go with the flow and be sugar and spice and everything nice, especially if you're like you or me and you've grown up in the church. So I think that our teenagers and even junior hires need to know that there's a point where it's okay to yell. It's okay to quote, be mean, which is just, you know, sticking up for yourself. And there's a time to lie. You know, those are very important things for younger people to know. So, you know, people could, parents could even like role play or aunts role play, you know, with the permission of their, the kid's parents and be like, Hey, we're going to, you know, however you want to hash it out. But um, just kind of talking about it and being like, oh, did you, you could tell your story, you know, with permission of the parent. Yeah. This one time I was followed and that's just ridiculous. I mean, women shouldn't have to, you know, and you could get into it and be like, if that ever happened to me, I would yell, you know, I would act like a cornered cat because I have a relative too, who was younger. She was a young teen and her and her friend were followed and they after when the police came, they admitted, like, we didn't know that we should yell. And you're like, okay, <laughs> we need to educate our younger people and let them know, like, it's okay, get nasty, get mean. You know, think of what a cornered cat would do when they're cornered, right? That's what you want to do. Yes. Yeah, I absolutely agree. I grew up as a people pleaser, and the instinct is not to confront when, honestly, this situation was one I needed to confront. And I'm glad that I finally noticed my surroundings. I'm glad that I moved. I'm glad that I called the cops. I'm glad I told my artist friend what was going on before we parked. Mm -hmm. Those were things I did right. But I'm not glad that I left myself vulnerable because of my lifestyle and lack of carrying anything on me and having any training and knowledge in this area previous to this experience. That's the part that I would have, you know, made differently if I could have. And yeah, it made me mad. It made me mad to have to move out of my favorite city. I had been looking forward to living in Pasadena for like three years. And then I got to live there not even a year. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Ridiculous. Not cool. Yeah. Ridiculous. And again, like there's no victim shaming. We can't, you know, yes, it feels that way. And we have to like be aware of our feelings that you feel that way. But in retrospect, you know, you just didn't know that you weren't prepared. Yeah. No, yeah. nobody prepared you. Like you, you didn't have that knowledge. So yeah. There's not a class that I know of at the college I went to. That's like self-defense and 
preparation, you know, mm-hmm. conflict preparation or something. Yeah, exactly. That'd be cool if there was. Yeah, they, everyone but, should have one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you don't know what you don't know. And mm-hmm. I'm glad it, it didn't turn into anything more than it was. Yeah, definitely. If you enjoy this podcast, please subscribe so you don't miss future episodes. You can leave a review and let me know what you found most helpful. You can find me on Instagram at women aware and prepared. And if you want more from me, you can join my Tuesday tip emails at womenawareandprepared.com. Thanks for listening. See you next week. Remember, you are worthy of a safe and peaceful life.